conquer local. It's really a breath of fresh air. Good times. I help leaders go from anxiety to authority under pressure. And then let's go and get it. It's an ecosystem. The hardest part here is going to be getting me to shut up on this one. Conquer Local with Vendasta. Hosted by Jeff Tomlin. Welcome to the Conquer Local podcast. Our show features successful sales leaders, marketers, thought leaders, and entrepreneurs who will inspire you with their success stories. Each episode is packed with practical strategies as our guests share their secrets to achieving their dreams. Don't forget to check out and subscribe to our YouTube channel for the video version of each episode where you can see our guests in action. Tune in to learn highlights of their remarkable accomplishments and get tips to revamp, rework, and reimagine your business. Whether you're a small business owner, marketer, or aspiring entrepreneur, the Conquer Local Podcast is your ultimate guide to dominating your local market. Tune in now to take your business to the next level. I'm Jeff Tomlin, and on this episode, we're pleased to welcome Justin Brenner. Justin is the Chief Operating Officer of AdLeaks and the Advisory Board President, which is one of the world's largest digital online marketing communities with over 290,000 members across 12 Facebook groups. He is an accomplished entrepreneur, marketer, brand builder, and community leader with over 15 years of experience. Known for his proven strategies and tactics, he successfully scaled numerous global brands profitably to 10 plus figures using an omni-channel approach while partnering with both small and large businesses. Get ready, Conquerors, for Justin Brenner coming up next on this week's episode of the Conquer Local Podcast. Justin Brenner, welcome to the Conquer Local Podcast. Probably one of the better handles that I've heard, digital marketing assassin. That's serious. <laughs> I don't even know where I put that. <laughs> hey, uh, maybe just kick things off. You can talk a little bit about your journey. You know, you started out in digit in uh, uh, affiliate marketing, and uh, today COO at uh, at AdLeaks. Maybe you want to talk just a little bit about you know the journey where you started and how you got to to your role right now at AdLeaks. Yeah. So. I got started out in 2008, actually. Um, I actually have a master's degree in health, physical, ed, recreation, exercise science, and I wasn't making any money. And I had a really, really good friend at the time that was running his own affiliate marketing company, doing really, really well. Um, back in the day of when pop-up, I don't know if you remember the days of the pop-ups. I do. Computer back in virus yep. stuff. So. That's what he used to do. And he was very, very successful, probably to this day. So one of the smartest people I've ever met in the industry. And I was like, I, I got to figure out what you're doing. I mean, you're, you're doing something right in life. And he's like, yeah, sure. I'll show you. So I went over and started just learning with him, um, spending an astronomical amount of time, um, diving in into the affiliate world. And my first year, I was able to pay off all my student loans. And I was like, wow, this is something serious. Um, this is this is what I need to do the rest of my life is this digital thing. Um, and it's changed my life. So from 20, 2008 to probably about 2012, 2013, really, really focused on the affiliate side, um, working with all of the different large affiliates like Microsoft and McAfee Antivirus and Norton Antivirus. And transitioned out of the affiliate into more of the brand branding side. So working with um, brands, because we kind of seen the way that technology was changing. Um, we were doing 
some could say it was somewhat black hat uh, marketing um, at the time. People obviously frowned upon it because we were the ones that were taking over your computers with all the pop-ups um, yeah. and we were getting paid paid for selling things. Um, nothing illegal, but just frowned upon from a user base and transitioned out of that and started working more with real brands just because we saw the way that the technology was shifting and the way that the, just how fast things are moving in, in the space. Um, and did that from about 2013 to about 2017. Um, and Obviously, the one thing that we all know is how fast digital changes. Part of that is just, you know, staying engaged with different people that are smarter than you, um, always learning. And part of that was I went to a mastermind and met um, the original founder of AdLeaks, whose name was Tim Bird. And I got to the mastermind and I was kind of the guy that was running the mastermind because I was asking all the questions, answering a lot of questions. And that's when... I think Tim kind of in his mind felt like, wow, this guy is something special. Like I got to bring him on board for the team to help grow our community and help run it. Um, you know, and that's how I, my kind of journey into AdLeaks transpired. Um, AdLeaks was started in 2012 um, and it started out uh, with our Facebook ad buyers community. That is one of our 12 communities and it's the largest. We have about 150,000 plus in that one group. And that group was formed for basically the purpose of um, trying to mitigate the waters of Facebook's horrible customer service, which unfortunately is still existent today. Um, and that's how that whole journey started. You know, I I, I uh, dabbled in, well, I didn't, didn't, did more than dabble. I did a lot of work in <laughs> affiliate marketing and, you know, started, started out the similar way that you did too. Uh, you know, I was, I had created a website with selling resume and cover letter templates, and then we did uh, affiliate marketing oh, yeah. with that. And I thought it was a great way to start out because you have to learn how to build an audience and you have to drive conversions. And I, I just thought, it, you know, it's a great starting point to learn how to get real results out of, you know, marketing mm -hmm. right at the very beginning. Hey, eh? yeah. When AdLeaks was, was first created, what, what were some like of the initial problems that the, the, the community was trying to solve uh, over and above, you know, sort of the, the, you know, the Facebook dilemma that a lot of marketers had? Yep. Yep. That was the main reason it was started. Um, back then it was probably even probably worse of customer service, which is hard to even believe. Um, a lot of people just didn't know how to mitigate Facebook waters and they were looking for a place to come and just ask simple questions, look for help. Um, you know, I'm having problems with this, the Facebook system is glitching out. What do I do? And there, we, Tim, Tim noticed a real need for that at the time and started the community and it just started really, really growing and kind of transpiring of bringing people together all from all over the world. I mean, our user base is all over the world. And over the course of time, obviously pre-COVID, during that time, there also used to be a lot of meetups, getting in-person uh, in person events together and stuff. Um, so it's always just been a place and not only necessarily for Facebook, even though the original name was Facebook ad buyers, um, it's a place where you know anybody's having issues with uh, marketing can come and just try to like, you know, leverage the knowledge of one another because you know that's how i how i was so successful was just learning from others um and i still learn from others you know i don't know everything and that's the great thing about the space is i learn something new every single day um 
which is amazing. I've always leaned really heavily on communities because there's there's so much to know. And, you know, a lot of people say, you know, the only constant in digital marketing right now is change. And uh, and there yeah. is so much change. What are some, you know, what are some of the, the more recent trends that have you really excited about what what's going on in the digital marketing world? It's kind of a twofold. It has me excited, but then it also causes more work. So obviously we know couple years ago and I don't even remember when it was probably been two three years we had the whole iOS 14 debacle which kind of rolled out um, which you're if you're aware of that kind of really was probably in in my lifetime in the space the biggest huge shift and change Um, and obviously it was the unknown it was the end of marketing as we know it if we remember Um, and now there's another one that's coming out which is iOS 17 all of this is really in my opinion uh, really brought the top tier marketers to the forefront because you have to really know Facebook was really, really easy five, six years ago. You know, you put up a campaign, uh, you run it, tracking was pretty accurate. You'd get sales. Wasn't so much on creative testing. It wasn't so much about as much it is now about offer and, you know, just the level of brand, the level of customer service. Not only with that, with the change of how technology has changed, you put the simple fact of just behavior psychology has changed. People really don't have the patience that they used to have anymore. You know, all, with all of the scam stuff that's out there, just look how many phone calls you get a day on your phone. I mean, everybody is trying to scam everybody and steal from everybody. And that's really set a behavior psychology mindset of the person on the other end of the computer a lot higher. They're a lot more uh, not opt to buy stuff online, especially on Facebook. And you'll see it all the time. Like we've had clients or in the past in my lifetime, you know, that will have comments on their ads that say, oh, I bought from this company. It's a scam. It's a scam. And it's not. It's somebody that's imitating that company that's selling something that they're not shipping. And it, and it goes bad on, on, on the brand. So yeah. a lot of it has really made a better marketer have to come out at the top. Like you have to know how not necessarily to be relying on Facebook, but how to which I know we'll get into later, more of how do you scale this and how do you do this correctly through omni-channel marketing? Because you can't track everything anymore. Most brands that, that we've worked with or most brands that people have worked with or that we see across our community, a lot of them are 80, 90% of them are Apple devices, right? Well, they've opted out of tracking. So you don't get necessarily the one-to-one tracking that you used to get anymore, which makes it really, really hard for people that are spending a lot of money to be able to say, hey, I'm spending X and I'm getting Y. I know that is working. We used to be able to do that. And we used to see that kind of client reporting for people in the community and they'd be able to output those numbers. Hey, I spent 10,000. I made 30,000. It doesn't really work that way anymore because everything is so muddied. The waters have been so muddied. So it really takes a lot better of a marketer to stand out to really, to know how to navigate that storm and really say like, Hey, We've spent this much. We've brought in this much across the entire brand, you know, and really look at it from a holistic approach, which is great. But that's also hard because a lot of clients will say, well, no, you know, I want to spend more on Facebook, but you can't really track it to the level of what you want to be able to, you know, track the revenue to that. If, if that makes sense, like it's not yeah, like the it, stock market where you can just go and invest in one stock and know, oh, I made a 300% return on this one stock. It, you can't see that in digital as much anymore. Yeah, Everything 100%. is claiming attribution and, 
it makes it extremely difficult. And that really makes it a lot harder for your, you know, your lower level marketers to stand out, which is where ad leaks come in is to try and help those people gain the knowledge, gain, um, you know, the, what's the word I'm looking for? The, to surround themselves with people who can not yeah, only teach them, but show them how to do it. Um, but then it, it, it allows people like me who, who I would say are, you know, top 1% of marketers in the world to really say like, Hey, this is, you know, to stand out, I'm going to stand out a lot more because the average Joe could put something up five, six years ago on Facebook and stand out. It's not that way anymore. You will fail if you don't move quickly and you start adopting the technology. Um, if that makes sense. hundred percent. I think, you know, the trends that you're talking about, this is why, you know, in surveys, you know, over the past couple of years, especially this last year, uh, CMOs have indicated that they're investing a lot uh, more in brand marketing, uh, you know, these days um, be, because of this. Mm -hmm. Now, you, you, you brought up um, omni-channel. So well, why don't we uh, like get right into that and maybe talk a little bit about um, how, you know, the the evolution here and the, the challenges that we face now in, in marketing is shaping how people think about omni-channel and how, how they're approaching mm -hmm. it. Yeah, you're seeing a really big shift in just in thought and mentality of people. Um, you know, we used to we used to back in the day and we'd see across, you know, we see it across the community talking with members, people that own agencies, um, myself working with clients in the past, is you would always just report on the numbers, right? So you'd just say Facebook spent this, Facebook made this, Google spent this, Google made this. Well, now all of those ecosystems work differently. So an example would be, let's say you have a person that comes from an ad. Um, they've never heard of your brand before. They find you on a Facebook ad. Well, they click that ad and they don't purchase. And then they sign up for your email. So now they've had two touch points already. Most people, as you know, maybe you don't know, but they don't yeah. usually buy on first touch point. That's very, very unlikely. Two days later, they go to Google and they search for your brand name. They click an ad. They don't buy. The next day they get an email and they buy. So now let's go back to this and let's unwrap and unpack how all of that revenue tracks and, and, and where it is. So for Facebook, if you're running seven day click and you're looking at it within a seven day window and that click happened within seven days, Facebook grabs and claims that revenue. If it can, if they've opt, you know, there's things about you get into the technicalities of is it Android versus Google or whatever. Let's just say they claimed it. They claim it, they grab that. Well, email claimed it, right? Because email they signed up. So now you have Facebook and email claiming it. Well, obviously email is not going to be a channel you can scale because it's dependent upon all of your traffic channels, but also your Google claimed it. So now you have Facebook and Google that are responsible. When you're looking at that and you're not using maybe some type of attribution software, um, like AdLeaks has a, uh, an amazing partnership with Wicked Reports. They basically are their own first party data system where they are able to have lifetime attribution and they basically track all of these clicks for the user journey. You can go back and see it and you're able to take that and you're able to put that journey and stitch it into one journey. And then you're able to look at that attribution from a first click across the whole journey versus per channel. Um, and that's where you'll see a lot of marketers hitting the home run of when they get to that level and they can understand the complexity of that. And they're able to go and they're able to use something like a triple whale or a wicked reports or an ad beacon or a North beam 
And they're able to stitch that journey together. And then they're able to unpack that for the client and say, look, we're spending X here and we want to scale on first click because that's where the traffic is coming from. Um, and a lot of marketers don't understand that or they can't comprehend that. And they don't have necessarily the tools to do it because some of those tools are expensive. Um, you know, you start getting larger scaled clients that are doing a million, two million a month and you could spend five, 10,000 a month easily on those systems if they have huge email lists. Um, and that's where we kind of see the most success and most, most growth uh, across all of the, the meetings that we have with, within the community and stuff is people that are actually leveraging those attribution systems and they're looking more at incrementality of the level of, okay, what is actually driving the sales? Where are they coming from? Not necessarily the last click, because if you look at it at a last click and that scenario we gave, you would say, hey, Google's working. I want to scale Google. But that's not where the user came from. They came from Facebook. So in that in that scenario, you'd want to put more money into Facebook. And that's where yeah. we see the, the waters really, really get muddied um, in that omni-channel approach. Do you have any example on the top of your head where, uh, uh, you know, any particular campaign that was run where omni-channel experience with um, s strategy really created a difference in the brand growth of a, of, of a client or, or, or a particular brand yeah. you guys are working with? Yeah. Absolutely. I'll give you two examples. One was for a very large CPG brand, um, probably in every department store, Walmart, um, huge online, very, very well known if I, if I was to say their name. Um, I was part of discussions and part of, um, and part of the community was able to, to help them. They were basically spending a lot of money on Google. And as we know, brand search Anybody that knows Google, and that's the first question I see of all these guys putting screenshots of this amazing ROAS in Google, right? Well, a lot of that comes from brand search. If you have a large enough brand, you could drive really, really good ROAS in platform just by adjusting your spend on brand search. So an example, let's say I was spending $1,000 a day and a client came or somebody in the community came to one of those members and said, hey, the ROAS is really, really bad. We need to do something. While that's really, really easy to manipulate and fix, all you got to do is shift money from cold traffic to brand search. And now you just can dial up your ROAS and go back to them and say, oh, yeah, look at that. Awesome. Oh, yeah, great. But is that really, really driving incrementality? Like, is that really, really driving that whole omni-channel approach? And I was uh, got to do this study with Google where they actually looked at your organic search click versus your spend click and how much of that spend is actually incremental. At what point when do you hit 50% of your brand search spend 60%? At what point are those people not going to buy? Um, and they were able to actually go back to that brand and they were actually able to say like, look, you're spending $250,000 a month on, on brand search. It's not worth it. Anything over, 60,000 or 70,000 or whatever it may be is where you're just paying for people that we're going to purchase anyway, um, because you're getting too much impression share. Um, that's the first example. The other example is for a brand that doesn't have a wicked reports in place and is spending a lot of money when you're able to go in and you're able to start stitching together that user journey, that holistic journey of touch point A to touch point Z 
and, and then you're able to dive in and you're actually able to eliminate spend from campaigns that are not working because they're not actually driving first click sales. If you're looking to scale, um, that's where you can see a big major impact. Um, and the one thing that I really push people to look at is when they're communicating with clients now more than ever is to look at what does it cost? Because we're looking at this whole big holistic approach. What is the North gold star metric? Like, how do we know things are going really, really well? Um, and the thing that we really, really look at is, you know, what, or try to push people to look at is what is your cost per new customer? So you're spending X and you're getting back Y across the entire brand. How much, you know, what is your percentage of spend to marketing look like? What, what does that look like? And we really push that and most people can understand it, but you always get some people that you see talking with members amongst the community of like, it's really hard for them to grasp because they say, well, you know, I did a big sale and they were already on my email list and they purchased anyways. So my cost per new customer in that case might've been driven one way or the other. Um, but that's really trying to move to that, that, that position of spending X getting back Y holistically, putting money into what's working better overall through that journey and then measuring it from the overall are we driving new customers cheaper is kind of what I push people to look at. Yeah. You know, some of those examples you're walking through really underscores the, the importance of really dialing in your, your, your go to market work, because, you know, I've seen firsthand how, you know, so many companies and even literally firsthand, how as people try to scale their sales and marketing, um, your uh, customer acquisition, your cost payback, grows really quickly if you don't have a scalable approach and a way to really dial in and optimize your marketing dollar spend. Eh? Yep. Yep. Exactly. So you, you, uh, so you, you know, you balance, um, a lot of the work, the leadership work you have, uh, with, at ad leaks and you do a lot of hands-on, um, work yourself to how, how do you balance the, the work that you've got in your plate? Um, a lot of it is, you know, I, I love what I do. Um, community, you know, if you would have asked me seven, eight years ago, if I would have loved doing this, number one, I, I get, I get paid to always be on top of everything in, in digital marketing, which just is amazing because it changes so fast. Um, so I, I'm luckily enough that part of my job is to have to be able to answer everyone's questions and enable to do that. I have to be, I'm not an expert in everything. Like if you ask me if I've ever ran a native ads campaign, no, I'm not an expert. i don't like native ads. I would never push a brand to run native ads unless they were a huge level of a brand. So there's some things that I definitely am not an expert in, but for the most part, I'm extremely, like you said, you know, a ninja assassin or whatever the term was I use. I can't remember. <laughs> Swiss army knife. <laughs> um, and I'm fortunate enough that I, that's, that's part of my job is to stay on top of everything. You know, when a new change comes out for Facebook or from Google, I have to read up on it. I have to learn and I have to be able to answer questions in the community and amongst our mastermind calls and things of that nature. So, um, that's, that's part of it. Um, just being very, very fortunate. Um, the other part of just managing everything is we have a really, really good team in place. Um, and they help me navigate that waters. They do a lot of the heavy lifting that I don't have to do. Um, thankfully. And, um, you know, without them, you know, the community wouldn't be possible. So Dustin, what would be, uh, for, for the people that are listening, what would be your number one takeaway and stick in people's minds to think about right now? 
given given the um, landscape out w- there? Yeah, I would say you know not to try and sell you on ad leaks, but community is everything. I mean, I would not be where I am today unless it was leveraging the power of. I always used to hear this, and I think I've heard it, you know, from like. I think Grant Cardone says it and everything, whether you like him or not, but like your network is your net worth. If you would have told me that five years ago, I said, no, like, but I can tell you my world changed upside down from when I went to that first mastermind and got involved in ad leaks. It opened so many doors just through meeting people, being able to network with everyone, um, you know, and just being able to leverage the power and knowledge of all of the, the, the biggest and brightest minds in the world. Um, and that's really, really everything. And that's part of why, and we had talked about this was we had the Facebook ad buyers that was born, but kind of the spinoff of where ad leaks went with that is the group got so big, so fast. I mean, we went to zero and now we're over, well over 150,000 that we needed a place. Cause obviously with that, you get, pardon my language, you get some of your shitheads that will come in the group and they just spam and then you have to kick them out. And that's just part of growing a community. Um, anybody will tell you that with that yep. runs a Facebook community. And so what we did was we created more of a secluded private paid group, which is truly the bread and butter of athletes, not all the non-paid communities. And that's a lot smaller of a, of a group. Um, and there, you know, people are willing, uh, to bend over backwards to help. Um, there's a lot of people that have been there for, you know, three, four years that will hop on calls with you and help you fix something for free. They won't even charge you. Um, you know, I do it all the time. We do mastermind calls weekly where people can get on, they can basically have one-on-one consulting and leverage, you know, eight to 10 people in a group. I can go out and do consulting with big brands. If I want charge $1,500 an hour, that's in that in that call weekly for free for a hundred bucks a month um, is what we charge. So it's really, really community drives me to want to help. It's just amazing when you can help somebody turn something around or, 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 you know, um, they come to you and they say, Hey, you know, I'm, I run a small brand. I'm suffering. I need help, you know, and you can help them make changes. And then it's like, Oh, it's gotten so much better. I'm profitable again. Um, that's extremely rewarding. Um, and that just, that keeps you, keeps you going and keeping you want to help push to help those people. Dustin Brenner, it's been a pleasure having the uh, time to spend a few minutes chatting with you about, uh, about this stuff. Um, if people wanted to continue the conversation with you, how do they reach you? Uh, they can just find me on Facebook. So, uh, Facebook handle, just Justin Brenner. I think my handle is I am Justin Brenner. Um, otherwise you shoot, shoot me a DM on there. Um, Otherwise, if you want, we can also, anybody that wants to join or looking to join the community, we can give you, uh, I think it's 50% off the first three months. So just, just hit me up. We'll give you a link to join. Um, if you just want to hop on a call and just chat, shoot me a message. I'd be more than happy to do that to help you, you know, try and troubleshoot anything that you're having in terms of with your marketing campaigns. Justin, it's been a pleasure. Hope you have a great one and look forward to uh, chatting with you in the community. Thank you. Appreciate it. Well, there you have it. A lot of great learnings from our chat with Justin Brenner. Justin's journey from learning affiliate marketing to supporting AdLeaks community highlights the significance of continuous learning and the power of networking in the ever-changing digital marketing landscape. AdLeaks was born out of the need to address challenges faced by marketers dealing with issues like poor customer service from platforms like Facebook. 
and the complexity of tracking and attributing results in an omni-channel world. Now it's a flourishing community. Another key lesson from Justin's insights and the importance of community and networking in the digital marketing landscape, he emphasizes the value of leveraging the collective knowledge and experience of others, as well as the willingness of community members to help one another. Justin's own transformation from being part of a small group to building a large supportive community highlights how connections and collaboration can drive success in the dynamic field of digital marketing. If you've enjoyed Justin Brenner's episode discussing omni-channel marketing, keep the conversation going and revisit some of our older episodes from the archives. Check out episode 622, The Art of Traditional and Digital Marketing Strategies with Darren Anderson, or episode 620, The Power of Verticals and Go-to-Market Strategies with Corey Quinn. Until next time, I'm Jeff Tomlin. Get out there and be awesome. You've been listening to the Conquer Local podcast presented by Vendasta. Tune in next week for a new episode. Guest discovery and produced by Suleiman Adam. Marketing by Rory Lawford, Brandon Moore, and Suleiman Adam. Executive producers, Brendan King, Jeff Tomlin, and Suleiman Adam. Recorded at Vendasta headquarters on the Canadian prairies.